And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast, episode number 12, 12 weeks in a row of the NAI Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, and joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the foremost authority behind NAI Baseball Talk, Cody. How are you tonight? Fantastic. Huge week for NAI Baseball. It is going to be absolutely huge. We've got a huge show in store for y'all at home today. We're going to talk a little bit of NAI versus D2. We're going to go over some of the series results from last week. The review of the new top 25. Surprises of the week, as we always do. Hitter and pitcher of the week. We've got three great interviews coming up with three head coaches. Series around the nation. And then, of course, our opinions of the week. But, Cody, let's get it rolling here with a little bit of a look at NAI versus D2 this week. St. Thomas University down here in Miami Gardens, Florida, defeated number nine, NCAA Division II, number nine, Nova Southeastern on the road in Davie, Florida, 7-3. to They also had a 9-4 to win at February 13th. That was at home in Miami Gardens against Nova Southeastern. So St. Thomas sweeps Nova Southeastern. Of course, they are just two years removed from winning the D2 national title. LSU Shreveport defeats Southern Arkansas 15-11 to at home. Southern Arkansas now 26-13 and annually, one of the best Division II teams in the South. They were coming off a season where they won 39 games in 2017. Oklahoma Wesleyan pounded Northwestern Oklahoma State 14-2 on the road. At Northwestern Oklahoma State, a huge win for Oklahoma Wesleyan. And then a couple of NAI versus Division I scores to give you. Rio Grande defeats NCAA Division I Northern Kentucky 8-5. Northern Kentucky actually beat number 6 University of Kentucky back in March. Spring Arbor today defeated Toledo. Huge wins for the NAI. Just showing that we can compete with anyone in the country. And just a really great week for us so far, leading into one of the biggest weekends we'll see all year. Absolutely. A huge weekend coming up. Let's transition now to some of the results from last week. Our big series, number 22, Madonna at Uno. Madonna wins that series two games to one. It was 6-4, to four, Uno in game number one, 15-2, Madonna in game number two, and then 8-4, Madonna in game number three. Mayville State at Bellevue. Mayville State rallied with two runs at the bottom of the seventh to walk off Bellevue 4-3. to And then Campbellsville at Cumberland, Tennessee. Campbellsville sweeps the two-game series over Cumberland 17-6 and 5-3. Once again, that's Campbellsville with a sweep over Cumberland, Tennessee. Cody, what caught your eye? That's a big series win for Madonna. They went into Lima, Ohio, took the series. The series came down to game three. 14 innings, Madonna put up a four spot. Cliff Landis pitched over seven innings in relief. One of the best closers in NAI went seven innings in the game. Great series win for Madonna. Absolutely agree. A huge series win for Madonna over a very talented Uno team. Let's take a look at the brand new NAI coaches poll, top 25, the fourth poll of the season that dropped yesterday, April 17th. So who dropped from the top 25? Well, Texas A&M, Texarkana, 
has fallen out of the top 25. They were sitting at 21. Madonna falls out at 22. And then Friends falls out at 25. On the outside looking in, Madonna right there with 88 total points. 90 would have gotten them into the top 25. Friends at 82. And then Freed Hardeman out of Tennessee with 70. Three new teams make their appearance into the top 25 in poll number four. Westmont moves into the 25 spot. They're 29 and 14 on the season. LSU Shreveport, 32 and 13. They are now the number 24 team in the nation. And Tennessee Wesleyan, number 23 at 27 and 17 overall. Taking a look at, we, as we always do with our top five in the nation, we've got a tie for fifth. Oklahoma Wesleyan and Oklahoma City each tied for fifth. The fourth team in the nation is St. Thomas University, who will meet the number three team in the nation, Southeastern University, this weekend. Georgia Gwinnett sits at two. And once again, Faulkner receiving all of the first place votes. Yeah, I like the top six teams in the country. They're slotted one through five, all six of them, ironically. But yeah, I think they're the best teams in the country. I don't think anyone would argue that. I think Free Hardman, they need to keep chipping away. They're disappointed they didn't get ranked this weekend. But I think their time is coming. They're playing really good ball, coming off a sweep over Lyon. And Westmont, they really turned Westmont and Shreveport, 24 and 25, two teams that we didn't know what they were going to be, really starting to find their groove. Absolutely agree. And as we turn our eyes to our favorite segment of the week, surprises of the week, we open with Freed Hardeman. They swept the three-game series over number 12 Lion. Cody, a lot of that is the reason why you say they were disappointed they didn't get ranked this week. Yeah, it's a huge series sweep. They brought themselves within striking distance of first place in the AMC. And I, like I said, I think if they just keep winning, they're going to find themselves where they want to be. Midway wins the series over number 13, Point Park, after winning back-to-back games in Pittsburgh. Talladega upsets the number one team in the nation, Faulkner 5-4. to four. How about this? Tennessee Wesleyan defeats Truett McConnell 31-4. to four. The Bulldogs went off for nine home runs in the win. They hit 19, 19 as a team in a three-game series. Also, that wasn't the only big scoring of the weekend. Lindsey Wilson won 32 to nothing over Kentucky Christian. And then just this week, number nine, Oklahoma City crushes friends 27 to one, 27 hits, seven home runs, one game for the Stars. Yeah, just some monster offensive performances this week. I mean, just ridiculous the way people are just putting the ball over the fence. I mean, 27-1, to and that's a really good friends team. If you're Oklahoma City, knowing the big series you've got this weekend in the Sooner Athletic Conference, that's, that's a lot of confidence. It's huge. They did it on the road. They went, they went to friends and was able to pick up the win in Wichita at a beautiful ballpark. Probably a great day of baseball for those guys. Now, as we do each and every week, Cody and I will select our National Player of the Week. Every week we switch off. Last week I had pitcher, Cody had hitter. So this week I have hitter, and I will take Bobby Bennett out of Indiana Tech. Went 13 for 20 with 15 runs, 8 elevate and celebrate home runs, 16 RBIs, and found free bases. Was walked 11 times. Cody has pitcher of the week. Cody, tell us all about him. Yeah, my pitcher of the week is Brandon Ioki out of Midway. He went nine innings, gave up four hits, no earned runs, two strikeouts, and a huge conference road win at number 15 Point Park. 
went on the road to Point Park team that only had two losses in the year and just shut them down. Great win for Brandon Ioki. He was my pitcher of the week. Cody, Bobby Bennett had some video game-like numbers last week. I mean, that's basically, as far as like home runs go, that's, that's some dude's entire season. Yeah, the guy put together a week he'll never forget for the rest of his life. I mean, 15 runs in one week, 16 RBIs, just an incredible performance to him. So now this week we've got three special interviews going on here. We've got three really great coaches from around the nation joining us right here on the NAI Ball podcast. And first up will be Southeastern University head baseball coach Adrian Dinkle joining us now, all courtesy of ESPN West Palm. Joining us now on the NAI Ball podcast via the ESPN West Palm phone lines is head coach of Southeastern University, Adrian Dinkle. Coach, how's it going today? I'm doing well. You guys doing all right? Hey, we're surviving. Cody, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm great to be here. Coach, we'll kick things off. You've been to the World Series twice at Sterling College, 2013-2016. You know, you've had so much success in your transition to Southeastern University. You're currently 47-3. and That's insane. You're closing in on what would be a 50-win season. You've got probably the best series in the nation going this upcoming weekend. What has it been like to bring that success over with you? How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, I think it all starts with finding good baseball players. I think my staff done done a good job, you know, hitting the pavement and finding the right type of guys that fit our system. You know, Coach Cece, my pitching guy, has done a tremendous job finding those guys. But obviously, anytime you can bring the talented players to a program in a good situation, and we're very blessed in where we're located to uh, draw on some of that front-end talent and, you know, just finding those guys to compete at a high level. It's It's been fun. Speaking of guys playing at a high level, Jonathan Bermudez, he's 12-0 on the year, has a 1.11 ERA, 113 strikeouts. What makes that guy so special? I mean, he's dominating the league right now. He's good. I mean, that guy's good, man. He's a left-handed arm. They with the four-pitch mix, and he's poised. I mean, he's a guy that anytime you're on the mound, you can tell that he's comfortable. Um, and when he's got his stuff going, you know, you're in for a long night. Um, you know, he's, he's getting himself right. He's been a little beat up lately um, in the last three outings. And hopefully, you know, the rest we've gotten, the treatment we've got him has got him the right way. But, you know, he's a guy that anytime he touches the baseball, you know you have a chance to win a game. But you need those guys, you know, to go 47-3. and three. You need that Friday night guy like Johnny. And he, he's done a tremendous job for us all year. Coach, let's talk about Murderer's Row really quickly. That offense of yours, absolutely electric. You've put up as a team 439 runs while only allowing 169. You're hitting 330 on the nose. You've hit 75 home runs. You're slugging 549, and you're on base is 431, 100 points higher than your batting average as a team. What contributes to that? What do you all do as as a team? Is there anything different that you do, or is it just that quality of guy? Because you've got insane numbers with, you know, Dan Valerio and Marvin Malone and Manuel Mesa. Uh, I mean, obviously you got to have the talent. You know, our style, our offensive style, and our system we run is a little bit different from the styles of BP that we do. You know, we get a lot a lot of questions about that. You know, yearly, but. 
you know, we just don't stand up there and practice and just, you know, get four rounds of five and roll the pole. We we do some different things, you know, from our stride boxes to our angle BPs to our other style of BPs and just the way we teach it. And I think that it translates um, to some of those numbers that you're talking about. And so, you know, but at the same time, you got to have the players that, that can translate with it. Um, our offense this year has been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. I think over the last couple of weeks of losing Batari, you know, it's kind of shortened our lineup a little bit. We're hopeful that we can have him back this weekend. You know, we can draw it out bats and lengthen back out that lineup. But I think at the end of the day, I think the easy answer to that one is when you got to have good players. And when you have those players, you got to get them to come in. They got to buy into the situation that you're doing and the type of the program that you're running. And I think over the years, our offensive numbers have kind of, you know, shown what we've been doing has been successful. So it's been, it's been a smooth ride for the most part because guys just jump on board. Coach, after winning 50 games last year and falling just short of the World Series in the opening round, you know, did that make you all a little extra motivated this season to get back there and try to capitalize that and get out to Lewiston? Uh, to to a point, I mean, yeah, on the coaching side, but this is a whole new team. I don't think a lot of people realize that that we only have about three players from last year back. So this is a brand new team. So I mean, those guys just hear about hey losing and uh, that situation. Obviously, those three guys say hey, you gotta stay locked in. But the motivation side is. It's new because there's so many new guys. I think that we're just trying to be the best possible team that we can be. I don't think we focus too much on what last year did or even talk about what last year did. I don't think we've brought it up one time. Um, we're just trying to do the best team that we can possibly be in 2018. Coach, big question for you. St. Thomas University this weekend in Lakeland, but it doesn't get any easier after that because after that you've got the fit team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches Sun Conference Tournament that will be played here in West Palm Beach. I mean, it's it's just one thing after another because you've got St. Thomas Conference Tournament and then it's a regional tournament time. How do you, you know, not just in from a player standpoint, but from a coach's standpoint, are there nights where you're you're staying up at night just wondering about everything coming your way? Not, not really, man. I love it. Um, I think we love it. I think that's who what you're looking forward to, you're embracing that challenge. I think I said it last year, our, our conference tournament was better than any regional I've ever been in or opening round. Um, and so the grind of it and just knowing that those teams like St. Thomas are coming into play and you're going to be rolling down there getting after again, that's enjoyment. I think that I, I love playing those teams. I think get up for it because you just know that it's time to go and you better be ready to play. So I think I lose more sleep over when you play a team that you're supposed to beat. Uh, so obviously you got to answer for that embarrassment if you get beat. Uh, other than that, man, you kind of just you know embrace embrace those uh, front end teams and just get after them. You know, roll the balls out and see what happens. Speaking of that matchup, you know, with St. Thomas probably the winner of that series is going to take the Sun Conference regular season championship. What are your thoughts on the matchup? Oh, it's going to be fun. Um, I mean, obviously they can hit, um, they could pitch, and they could play D. So. I mean, obviously, we know we're in for a dogfight. I mean, we're excited about it. I'm sure they are as well. I think it's going to be fun. Obviously, whoever does win the series is going to, you know, get that one seed. We're obviously that game up where we can end up with the same record. But the important thing, obviously, is rolling into this tournament. And if you've you've seen our conference, you want to do everything in your power to try to land that one, you know, hopefully give yourself a little bit of an edge because – you may end up with the Weber in that, that five seed, and you don't want to face the Spivey kid in the first round. So nope. it's, it's obviously important to hopefully get out there and, uh, you know, win, win this series. If not, then you better find a way to beat somebody else that's pretty dang good. Coach, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Obviously, 
you know, Lewiston is somewhere special for you. You've been there twice, as we said earlier. Is there one Lewiston memory that really sticks out to you that if you were able to get back this year, you would want to share with your team? Oh, man, just the, uh, there's a breakfast joint there that I think we ate like 32 times there in 2016 that I want to get back and crush. Um, <laughs> if you ask my wife, it's the Lewiston coffee, man. So, you know, it's every time you're there, man, that, that, that town treats you unbelievable well and you, you enjoy being there. But I think the biggest thing is getting back up there and just enjoying the experience and eating that breakfast repeatedly. I know uh, you've been there twice. I've been there once. The next goal is to get Cody there. <laughs> no, we got to figure it out, NAI, man. We, we got to send some emails out and get this dude paid for and get him up there, man. It's it's definitely well, something that, we need. There's no doubt, man. What's Cody? What you've done for the NAI, you know, with the Twitter account, all, all, all what you've put out there, man. It's been unbelievable. I mean, I think you've taken the NAI to new heights as far as you know the public side of things, and it's been phenomenal, man. We appreciate all the work that you've done because I know there's a you put a lot of work into that, man. I don't, there's no shot that I'd be able to do that. Spend that much time. On Twitter, man, I'd barely like to look at it as it is. <laughs> no, man, I, I love doing this stuff. It's fun for me, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Coach. Yeah, no problem, man. Coach Dinkle, we appreciate you uh, joining us here on the NAI podcast for a few minutes and uh, definitely appreciate what you're doing this season over at Southeastern. It's definitely been a magical season so far, and I hope that continues far down the line for you all. I appreciate it, Robbie and Cody, and God bless you guys. Thank you, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. See ya. Next up on the NAI Ball Podcast, joining us, of course, courtesy of nobody else but the great people at ESPN 1063, ESPN West Palm, is head baseball coach at USAO, the head coach of the Drovers, Mike Ross. Now on the NAI Ball Podcast, joining us all the way from Chickasha, Oklahoma, USAO Drover head baseball coach Mike Ross. Coach, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great tonight. Uh, it's a good night in Chickasha, I guess. So I'm doing I'm doing really good. Thank you guys for having me on tonight. Coach, I guess you kind of started with the first question I want to ask. You said it's a great night in Chickasha. USAO has been to back-to-back NAI World Series. You've led them there. What has that been like? Because a lot of people around the around the nation. And there's some schools in some big places, and there's some schools out in the middle of nowhere. But to take the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma to NAI World Series, two in a row, I mean, that's special. What are you all doing differently than everybody else? Oh, you know, I don't know if we're, we're doing a whole lot differently. Uh, I guess we just, we you know, we found some, some really good players that could help us get there. Um, you know, it's... We've had a relatively good program over the years. You know, we haven't had a losing season since I've been there, but the last couple of years, we just we've kind of found our niche a little bit and uh, have played really well and, and been fortunate enough. Got lucky a couple of times and, and and got to go to Lewiston. So now, coach, I'm bringing back a couple of starters, Ventura, Hidalgo. I mean, what is that like to bring back guys that pitched in Lewiston already to lead your team to another possibly World Series bid? Well, the the experience that we've got on the mound with those two guys is awesome. Number one, they're they're hungry to get back, and I think that's a big part of it. Having some guys that have been there that can tell the new guys, "Hey, this experience is is unlike any other," and and, and it becomes a goal. And and 
and those two guys are, are definitely leaders of the pitching staff. Uh, you know, two left-handers that really know how to pitch, and, and they're bulldogs on the mound. Uh, and, I mean, their experience is priceless. It's one of those that it makes my job a lot easier uh, with those guys. They get their work, on, work done every day. And uh, just good kids, man. They work at it. They know we've got a chance to be good, and that excites them. And, and the fact that they've got a chance to, to go back again, they, uh, they're getting after it. Coach, 350 runs on the dot this season, a 33-6 and record, 18-3 and in a very good Sooner Athletic Conference, 350 offensive average, 40 home runs, 284 RBIs, and a 456 on-base percentage, not to mention your 68 for 79 in stolen bases, an offensive juggernaut. I mean, how does that happen? What do you do differently? Are y'all out there, you know, is there some kind, we just talked to Adrian Dinkle, is there some kind of weird BP we don't know about? No, no, I, I wish I could say something really cool and, and blow everybody's mind, but it's uh, it's pretty simple, you know, and honestly, coming into this year, I was I really was unsure of what we were going to be offensively because they're all new. I've got a couple returning outfielders, but everybody is new, and uh, I thought we were pretty offensive last year. And uh, we had we had some more power in the lineup last year, I thought. So coming into this year, I really wasn't sure what we were going to get, and and we really focused on on just uh, pitch selection and understanding our opponents, and, and really having a good plan when we go to the plate. And uh, you know, because I knew it was going to be more of we're going to have to steal some bases, hit and run, do some different things. And the guys really bought into that and have excelled at it, to be honest with you. But there's you know there's no magic secret we're you know we're doing the same thing everybody else is probably doing and uh, guys they just bought in and, and they're executing it and they understand what we have to do to score runs what's it like playing in that conference with oklahoma city texas wesley and two three, you know you have three teams that are in the top 15 in the country what's it like playing in that grind every single weekend wayland baptist is another really good team out of that conference you know, honestly, honestly, I really enjoy it. Um, you know, I've been in the league 10 years, and, and the face of the league has changed a little bit. But one of the great things about the league is getting to play against really top-notch coaches. You know, you talked about Oklahoma City and Denny Crayball, and I think guys won like 5,000 games or whatever it is. And then, you know, you've got Bobby Garza, who I've got a lot of respect for over at Texas Wesleyan. And I believe Brad Bass is close to a 1,000 wins. So, the quality of competition and, and the quality of coaching that we get to see in this conference is, is really exciting, and it's, it's challenging, which makes uh, my staff better, me uh, especially on that end of things. It's, it's motivating for me to try to be as good as what everybody else is in the league. And so it, it's really a lot of fun, and it also it keeps our players interested. Um, you know, they know there's big series out there, and that they've got to go in and compete uh, every time we play because you know that those other teams are going to go out and compete. And if you want to stay at the top, you've, you've got to grind at each and every day. Coach, you've got a really special guy coming out of the bullpen in Angel Reyes. 202 ERA, 3-0 record, 22 appearances out of the pen, 11 saves, 35 and two-thirds innings pitch. Only had 25 hits off of him. Eight walks, 39 strikeouts, opponents hitting 198. You know, first off, please tell me there's something cool where those trucks parked in right field uh, in the outfield, like they honk the horn every time he comes into the game. And then second, tell me what makes him so great. 
Well, I wish they would do that. It would be a little more exciting in our ball games if they'd come up with something cool like honking their horns out there. But uh, no, it's it's kind of uh, at this point with the way he's been, it's kind of when they run when he runs out there, they kind of know the game's over and they start leaving. I think, but uh, <laughs> no, he's he's been awesome uh, out of the bullpen. You know, he came to us as a starter. Funny story, I when I first saw him uh, out of junior college, I I wasn't really all that interested in my. Uh, my assistant at that time said, Coach, no, you've got to get this guy. I think I think you can, you know, you get him in our program. I think he's going to really improve, and uh, and he has. I mean, when he came in, he was a, you know, he was a 92, 93 guy, and he's made a velocity jump probably because we put him in the bullpen and he's not having to start and throw seven innings at a time. But uh, just a very athletic, athletic uh, player, uh, kind of guy you want in the end of the game can control the running game gets off the mound well and you know his fastball special he usually he's been sitting 94 to 95 and touching a 97 and he's got a got a pretty good little slider to go along with it and uh, the best part about it, he's a great kid he just he just loves playing the game loves his role and uh, he's uh, he's been pretty solid for us out of the bullpen Coach, you've been in the World Series two years now. What would it be like to go back for a third year? And what's a favorite memory you have out in Lewiston? I mean, did you have a great time? I'm sure you did. And, you know, what's it like to bring your team out there for that experience? Well, I know I know the first year I was there, uh, man, and I know you had Coach Dinkle on, on, on the program as well. He was there, and, and we've known each other for a little while, and he came up and told me, he goes, hey, I know your head is going to be spinning, but just really enjoy it because you don't know if you're going to get back. And, and those words were so awesome to me, uh, and I tried to do what he told me, but there was no way my first time there. I, it, it was stressful because it's such a great environment. I didn't want to screw anything up, you know, a little, little science and arts. Let's not mess up the, the World Series here. And so we enjoyed it, but the 2017 year, getting to go back, especially on back-to-back years, it, it was like a dream come true. And, and going back a second time and having already been there and, and understanding the tradition and everything there, we didn't get quite as wrapped up in it. We, we actually did get to sit back and relax and kind of enjoy the moment. Uh, a special moment had to have been last year. You know, the first year we got to play Lewis and Clark that, uh, that night in front of, you know, 5,000 people, which was, which was unbelievable, but we got, we got walked off. So I've, I've tried to erase that memory. But the 2017 season when we played Oklahoma Wesley and, and Jose Hidalgo went out and threw a complete game and got us our first World Series win, that's probably the uh, that's probably my best moment uh, out there at Lewiston. Coach, obviously in the Sooner Athletic Conference, there's a lot of teams that draw attendance-wise uh, to ballparks. Uh, Wayland Baptist has a nice facility. I went to Northwood. Northwood, Texas Wesleyan was always intense. It didn't matter if they were playing soccer on a Tuesday afternoon or if it was a, you know, game three of their series in Fort Worth or in Cedar Hill or wherever. Uh, Oklahoma City with Jim Wade, you know, back in the day when you had Oklahoma Baptists, uh, they had really, really nice digs out there. What makes Chickasha special, not just for USAO, but for this team? Well, you know, it's it, for me. It's just a great place to be. It's a, it's a it's a great town. It's not a big town, you know. Uh, population's about eighteen to twenty thousand, 
but we're located, you know, 30 minutes outside of Oklahoma City. Uh, we've got a really, a really nice surface to play on. Uh, the school is, is a smaller school. I think enrollment's right around a thousand. And so all the athletes get to know each other. And that's when, that's really what we're after. And our athletic director really promotes having a family of an athletic department. So, you know, we try to, we attend all the soccer games and soccer and basketball guys come to our games. So it's, it's just, it's a quaint place, if that makes sense. And, and it's a place where, I've had some kids, uh, some young men from, from big town, Phoenix, Arizona, big, big places come to Chickasha and after they graduate, they stay around just because they've kind of fallen in love with the, the smaller town just being outside of the big city. But you're not so too far away. If you need something, it's only a 30 minute drive, but, uh, you know, it's a really great campus. The school is nice. Uh, it, it, for me, it's a great place to be. It's a, it's a place I call home. Uh, you know, I'm from Oklahoma, grew up not too far from, from Chickasha's and my wife is, is from her, her parents live 20 minutes away. So it's perfect for us. And when the kids get there, sometimes it's hard to explain it over the phone, but when they get there, they, they, they tend to like it and, and fall in love with it. And so it, uh, it's worked out so far. Well, coach, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join us here on the NAI ball podcast. I know it's been a great season for you, back-to-back World Series appearances and trying to make it a third. USAO is 33-6 and on this season. They've got some really talented hitters, some really talented pitchers. Coach Ross, we really appreciate you taking some time and joining us here. No, I really appreciate you guys having me and, and everything you guys are doing for the NAI. It's awesome to, uh, to pull up the Twitter feed and, and get to listen to these podcasts and listen to other coaches from around the country. So, Really hats off to you guys and, and the job that you guys are doing for, for the NAI. Appreciate it, Coach. You have a great night, and we'll talk to you sometime down the road. Thank you. And last but not least, joining us on the NAI Ball podcast, Stan Eldridge out of Lawrence Tech University, the second-year baseball program that has done some special things, joins us right now on the NAI Ball podcast. Joining us on the NAI Ball podcast, brought to you these interviews always by ESPN 1063, ESPN West Palm. Joining us is head coach at Lawrence Tech University, Stan Eldridge. Coach, how are you doing today? Ravi, I'm doing great, fellas. How are you? Oh, we're doing fantastic out here. Obviously, uh, down here in West Palm Beach, it's a little bit warmer uh, than I'm guessing out there in Michigan. Well, right. It's not too bad. It's uh, it's been a little chillier, but once we see that forty five degrees, we start looking at t shirts and shorts up here. You're insane. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> insane. Uh, I can tell you, if it was forty five here, you would see people in snow jackets. Yeah, that. Well, we were down this be. spring for some games, and fifty five was a little chilly for them. Yeah, undoubtedly that that's chilly. I, I can remember days in December where it's like. 68 when you wake up and you're freezing yeah but coach we'll get going here obviously you've had one win this season of a whole plethora of wins but one that sticks out that when people go through your schedule jumps out at them and that's the 8-3 win over the university of michigan out in ann arbor Obviously, the biggest Division One program in the state of Michigan. You had wild success there. 
talk about the emotions that went into that game, the emotions of your team, and maybe some of the emotions that you felt as well. Sure, Robbie. Uh, well, you know, being a second-year program and being afforded the opportunity to even go over and play in Ann Arbor was just uh, uh, tremendous. Eric Bakich and his staff are wonderful people, and when they extended the offer to come over and play, we jumped at it uh, quicker than you can imagine. And when we announced that to our players that once we got home from our spring trip in Central Florida, that we would be going over to Ann Arbor to play, there was uh, just a, a rush of positive energy throughout the program. And I'm sure there was a lot of apprehension. You know, Coach, are we ready for this? We're, we're such a young program with young players, and, and you're taking us over to play this Big Ten team. And uh, so I think there was a lot of nervous energy, not only amongst the players, but uh, my coaching staff and, in all honesty, myself. You know, did, did we accept a bigger offer than we were prepared for at this time? And fortunately, it all worked out well for us on game day, and it's uh, it's been just a tremendous experience. That win over Michigan was huge. I mean, the biggest win for the NAIA in a really long time. What has it been like to grow from year one to year two, win 13 games your first season? You've already won 23 with more games to go. I mean, what's it like to transition into a really good program out there in the WHAC? Well, it's been, uh, without question, it's been exciting. Uh, it's sometimes taken us uh, a little bit by surprise at how quickly these young guys are catching on to what needs to be done and, and how to do it the right way. And, you know, last year, certainly the win-loss record wasn't what we would ever hope it to be, uh, even though I think a number of people were surprised at how well we did in the first year with those wins. But we lost a lot of close games last year. And with such a large squad of freshmen and sophomores, um, we understood that was part of the, the growing process and the learning. And so we were excited come this past September to see how those guys would learn from those experiences and grow. And um, it's just been a joy to watch them uh, both on the field and off the, the maturity level, the, the physical growth, the um, ability to take care of academics with all that we're putting on them athletically and then to watch them just be so supportive of one another. It's its truly been uh, a great joy to watch them along the way. Coach, earlier in the podcast, we had the opportunity to talk to two coaches who are no stranger to Lewiston, Idaho, and Adrian Dinkle at Southeastern University, Mike Ross at USAO in Oklahoma. You're no stranger to Lewiston, Idaho either. You've been there before with Spring Arbor. Is there something about Lewiston that just stands out for you? Well, Robbie, the whole experience is wonderful, and uh, Gary and Brooke do a wonderful job of running that event, and I was fortunate to go out there at the time when Ed Sheff was still the head coach at LC, and certainly from a coaching perspective, that's my greatest memory is, is being able to sit and, and talk with Ed for an extended period of time and uh, listening to him and learning from him. So from a coaching standpoint, I truly enjoyed that. But I would say probably the most enjoyable experience for the players and us as a staff, as a, as a group, was the chance to go to downtown Lewiston uh, and have what is called an Effie burger. Uh, it's just a, a big pound of meat. Oh, yeah, uh, I know. I've been there. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's uh, we enjoyed going down and spending the day there and watching each other try to eat a uh, full a, Effie burger. It's as big as your face. It's unbelievable. They they told me how big it was, and I thought that was an exaggeration until they set it down on a plate in front of me. Did they have and, you uh, sign the book also? We did. Yeah, we signed a book while we were there, and uh, uh, it was wonderful. Yeah, just, uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a burger that big before or since. <laughs> That was, uh, when I went there in 2013, that was the first stop we made, uh, was to go to Effie Burger. And that's all, you know, guys were, were talking about. And because you hear, everybody tells you, oh, you got to go here. You got to go here. It's a staple. Right. In, in Lewiston, uh, there's definitely some great memories. So I'm glad, uh, you were able to experience that as, as well for yourself. Well, I think that, and the other enjoyable part that, you really have to be there to understand, even though you may see it in photos and you may see it on the posters, is the view coming down into Lewiston uh, from the roadway up above in the hills. Uh, when it's nighttime and those lights are on and you can see the stadium, it's just it's just chilling. I mean, it uh, truly makes you appreciative of, of uh, having the opportunity to be out there. The fact that you went down that road at night makes you a braver man than I am. Well, thank goodness I wasn't driving. We had a nice <laughs> driver with us, and uh, you could tell he was experienced at it. But, yeah, it's Lewiston is uh, just a wonderful, wonderful trip, and it's one I've been blessed to have made, and, and I'm hoping somewhere along the way that I'll be able to share that with another group of young guys and another coaching staff like it was shared with me. Well, Coach, in order to do that, man, you have a strong schedule to close out. You have Northwestern Ohio this weekend, Madonna next weekend, and then you'll have the conference tournament. I mean, what's it like when you're gearing up for the final stretch of the season? Arguably going to be the toughest stretch of the season. Yeah, when you look at uh, the schedules throughout the league, uh, they certainly did us no favors with the end of our schedule. Uh, We were supposed to be in Grand Rapids this past weekend playing Aquinas College, and with the weather here, that got backed up, so... That game is, uh, those doubleheader for that, uh, series has been moved to April 26th. So we're going to throw them right in the middle. And, and Aquinas is a very good ball club. And so we got Northwestern Ohio this weekend, followed with Aquinas and finishing up with, uh, Coach Faulkner and his Madonna club who are just having an outstanding season. So, uh, you know, we've had a great run thus far, uh, in the conference overall and, uh, for us to maintain that position and, and receive our first playoff berth in, in the school's history, we're going to need to play well this weekend, play well next week, and then play well that final weekend and see if we can squeak out a couple more W's to get us in. Coach, 23-14 and 14 right now. Talk about some of the players who have made an impact this year. I know you said uh, your number one was, was a young kid. I'm not even going to attempt the name but but go ahead and, and talk about some of the players who've been big time this year for lawrence tech well we do we've got a, a young guy who's come in and we weren't sure what we were going to get on the the mound from him he's uh, a freshman out of the uh, toledo ohio area his name is alec wietrakowski and uh, i've known alec a couple of years and uh, he was a late sign for us last year he was looking at walking on at a larger school made the decision to to join us and so we kind of found our way through the fall with him as uh, a late inning guy and 
as those innings piled up and he got better and better, uh, he just kind of bumped his way into that number one spot in the rotation and has just had a tremendous spring for us, learning along the way. But uh, he's a guy who can throw three pitches for strikes at any given time. And, you know, the, the surprising thing about him as a freshman, and he, as a freshman, he's ready to go out there. He doesn't seem to get rattled. He doesn't get nervous. And uh, we know we're going to get a good mound performance every day that he's out there. So he's been uh, just a, a great leader for us on the mound, as has our number two thus far, a big lefty out of southern Illinois, uh, a young guy named Sam Brace. And Sam's a sophomore for us and was a little bit of a spot starter last year, worked some middle relief, and uh, this year he has just taken over uh, in that number two spot and gives us an entirely different look from the left side uh, than Alec does from the right. And the two of them really give us a great opportunity um, in, in the first two games of a series. And uh, if we can keep getting that kind of performance out of them on the mound, along with the rest of the staff, we've really, you know, Robbie, Cody, we, as a first-year program, had a an ERA just north of eight runs a game last year. And we're down to about 450 this year. So not only have Alec and Sam done a great job, but the entire staff has really come along and made great strides for us. Um, offensively, we've got a young guy out in right field for us named Sean Fannin. Uh, Sean was a uh, is a sophomore now, but last year as a freshman was a second team all league selection, and he fortunately to this point has not realized what a sophomore slump is because he's having a better <laughs> year this season than last, and uh, just a big, tall, strong young guy who bats in the three hole for us and uh, certainly has the ability to hit it out of the park, but um, is getting better and better every day with his plate discipline and moving runners around the bases. So uh, those are just a couple of the names among many. Uh, You know, if we had more time tonight, I could go through an entire roster and give you everybody's contribution, but those first three pop out really quickly. Well, coach, we definitely appreciate you taking some time out of your day I know uh, the life of a head baseball coach at any university is time-consuming, so for you to make time for us here on this podcast, uh, it definitely means a lot to me and Cody. Well, guys, we I certainly thank you for having us on and, and for thinking of Lawrence Tech. Uh, we certainly feel blessed on this end with the support we get from our administration and everything they've done for us and the student body. You know, we it's, it truly is a team effort, and Everybody has helped us out along the way, and we certainly appreciate the recognition you guys can give us on your end. Uh, thank you, Coach, so much for your time again. Uh, we definitely It's incredible to see a second-year program. Your team has, A, in a win versus Michigan, created memories to last a lifetime. B, you've shown that it doesn't matter who you are. You can go out there and beat anybody on any given day. And to go from... Eight and a half runs on as far as team ERA, cut it down to four and a half. Right now, you're 23 and 14. You only had 13 wins last year. It's been a great second season. I know me and Cody for sure as well are interested in seeing what season number three holds, no matter what happens here down the road for season number two. Well, guys, thanks so much. Hey, Coach, thank you again, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, stay warm down there. Oh, I will. All right. So a special thanks to all the coaches who joined us, Adrian Dinkle out of Southeastern University, Mike Ross out of USAO, and Stan Eldridge out of Lawrence Tech. 
of course, want to give thanks again to ESPN 106.3. Yeah, I want to thank all three of those coaches so much, Coach Dinko, Coach Eldridge, and Coach Ross for coming on the podcast. Three of the best coaches we have in the NAIA, so I definitely want to say thank you for that. They did a great job, too. I was very impressed with the way the interviews turned out. Absolutely agree. Definitely always good to have three of the best coaches in the nation. All three guys have been to Lewiston, so definitely a pleasure to have all of them on. Now, let's take a look at our big series ahead in one of the most packed weekends of NAI baseball around. Cody, let's kick it off here. Indiana Tech at Madonna. And I will get things going with Indiana Tech, who is 29 and 14. 20 in 2 in whack play. They've won 15 in a row, 290 team average, 363 team ERA. Couple players to watch here. Glenn McLean, 424 average. He's got 53 hits on the season, 6 home runs, 35 RBIs. Obviously, a guy we talked about earlier in Bobby Bennett, 354 with 10 home runs, 24 RBIs. Matt Bandor, 302, five home runs, 32 RBIs. Joe Pratt out of the bullpen with a 150 ERA, a 1-0 record, four saves, 18 innings pitch. And then Nate McBroom, 275 ERA, 6-2 record, 68 in two-thirds innings, 13 walks and 41 strikeouts. McLean and Bandor, of course, both preseason All-Americans. But Cody, take us through and what do you see now with Madonna? Madonna's going to enter this series 27-11 and 11 on the year, 18-4 and four in conference, two games back of Indiana Tech. They're hitting 291 as a team, 55 doubles, 13 triples, 21 home runs. Jalen Thomas has been their due, man. 413 average, seven doubles, three triples, six home runs. Jared Hagan scored 41 times this year, six doubles, 16 stolen bases to go with his 27 RBIs. On the mound, Tyler Butson has been one of the better pitchers in the country. 56 innings pitched, 305 ERA, 75 strikeouts. Taylor Turner, 7-1 and one on the year, 57 innings pitched, 361 ERA. And like we mentioned earlier, Cliff Landis, one of the best closers in the country. The guy's already pitched in 22 games this year, 127 ERA, 9 saves. People are only hitting 160 off of them. This is a big weekend for Madonna. They have Lawrence Tech next weekend, a really good team. If they want to win the conference, they've got to get it done. It's going to be a huge series between Indiana Tech and Madonna. Let's keep rolling here with Point Park and Indiana University of Southeast. Point Park, Cody, 31-4, and 19-2 in conference play. They're hitting 342 as a team, a 235 ERA, 79 doubles, 21 home runs. They've walked 74 players all season while striking out 258. Chris Hernandez is a guy to watch hitting 387, 43 hits, 11 doubles, 34 RBIs. Eric Montero, 352, 10 doubles, 3 home runs, 39 RBIs. Ben Hurstein, 312, 4 home runs, 31 RBIs for him. On the mound, Nicholas Beardsley, 239 with a 5-2 record, 49 innings pitch, 14 walks, 51 strikeouts, Opponents hitting just 193 off of him. Felix Castillo with a 166 ERA, 7-0 on the year, 43 and a third innings pitch. Just walked 11 hitters this season while striking out 39. Opponents hitting 208 off of him. And then Addison Domingo 
1.93 ERA, 4-0 record, 8 saves in 42 innings pitch, 8 walks, 46 strikeouts, and a 181 opponent batting average. Indiana Southeast comes into this series 31-8 and on the year, 19-2 and in the RSC, tied for first place with Point Park. The winner of this series will probably win the conference. IU Southeast is fourth nationally in ERA with 2.75, 11 nationally in stolen bases. They're hitting 296 as a team. Richard Rodriguez has been their dude so far, 369 average, 10 doubles, 2 home runs, 11 stolen bases. Nicholas Lugo, 348 hitter, 11 doubles, 6 home runs, 29 RBIs. Corbin Williams has 3 home runs, 24 RBIs, hitting 336. But some really good pitchers on this team. Ryan Underwood, 60 innings pitch, 1.78 ERA, 48 Ks. Brandon Nyland, 58.2 innings pitch, 2.15 ERA, 50 strikeout. And Andrew Yates, 10 appearances out of the mound, 0.57 ERA, 5 saves. Like we mentioned, this is one of the bigger series around the nation this weekend. And I do believe the winner of this weekend will win the conference. So I'm mean, just one to look forward to. Outside of St. Thomas Southeastern, this is the one to check out. It's going to be a huge series between IU Southeast and Point Park. Let's keep it rolling here. Middle Georgia State and Faulkner. I'll take Middle Georgia State, 35-13 and 13 on the year, 13-5 and 5 in Southern State play. 319 team average, 428 team ERA. Zach Cornell hitting 411. He's got 74 hits on the season, 28 RBIs. Trenton Nash, 339, 21 doubles, 8 home runs, 39 RBIs. Not sure how that name eluded our top 10 either. Blake Jackson, 303 average, 8 home runs, 58 RBIs. Jared Cruz with a 302 ERA, 6-3 record, 56 and two-thirds innings pitch, 17 walks, 41 strikeouts. Crandall Poor, 3-6-4 ERA, 7-2 record, 64 and a third innings pitch, 17 walks, 46 strikeouts. And then Austin Goff on the mound also, 320 ERA, but he's got an 8-0 record. 18 appearances out of the pen in just three starts, 8-0 and record. So this is a guy that comes in the middle of the game, gets the job done. He's got one save on the season, 50 and two-thirds innings pitch, 44 strikeouts. Austin Goff, a guy to watch out of the pen for middle Georgia State. Cody, you've got Faulkner. Take it away. Faulkner, the number one team in the country, the unanimous number one selection, 42-4 and on the season, leading the conference 16-2. and they're number one nationally in stolen bases, number two in strikeouts, number five in ERA, top ten in a whole bunch of others. They're hitting three thirty two as a team, 95 doubles, 53 home runs. Reese Cooley is their player of the year candidate, hitting four sixty two, eleven doubles, 10 home runs, 37 RBIs, 12 bags. Ryan Rosa is hitting four sixteen with five home runs and 30 RBIs, also stealing 16 bases. Everyone on their lineup can hit it and steal it. Austin Paskey, three thirty six, nine doubles, nine home runs. Not going to get as many stolen bases out of Paschke now. But, uh, yeah, two eight eight ERA staff. Alex Carrillo, 35 innings pitch, 1.1 ERA. Tyler Thornton, 2.26 ERA, 54 innings pitch. Tyler Tungate striking out 66 batters in 46 innings. This is the best team in the nation. Tall order for Middle Georgia. But I will say Cochran is a tough place to play. So it's an interesting series. What will be a great series between Middle Georgia and Faulkner. Before we get going into our Sooner Athletic Conference series, let's take a look. OCU Texas Wesleyan will meet down in Fort Worth, a series that's already had some schedule changes. They will start that series tomorrow, I believe. Is that correct, Cody? That is correct. They're going to play on Thursday. 
Well, Cody, why don't you get us kicked off here? OCU, the Stars, have been the powerhouse team out of that conference for years. And this year is no different. They're 35-5 and on the season, 18-3 and in the Sooner Athletic. You know, they're number five nationally, first in triples. They have 28 triples. Lane Milligan, a player for them, has 14 of them. So thank him for that. First in runs scored, second in doubles, second in hits. This is a team that can swing it. 370 batting average, 439 runs, 108 doubles. Lane Milligan, as mentioned, 496 average, seven doubles, 14 triples, which is tied for an NAIA record, nine home runs, 65 RBIs. Garrett Foster is hitting 390 with 19 doubles, eight home runs, and 58 RBIs. And they got dudes on the mound. Matt Young, 1.84 ERA, 24 Ks. He's just getting back into the groove of things. Bryce Milligan's got a 2.5 ERA and 46 innings pitch. And Tanner Andrews and Miguel Figueroa, two pitchers out of the bullpen that have really been shutting it down for them. They're playing well. They want to get the one seed. So huge, sweet, huge series Excuse me, this weekend. I'll take Texas Wesleyan here, 31-10, and 17-4 in Sooner Athletic Conference play. The Rams under the helm of Robert Garza are hitting 349 with 50 home runs, a 4.78 team ERA, 87 doubles, 279 team strikeouts. Of course, you always got to watch La Potencia, Kiki Menendez. Kid can hit 472 average, 18 home runs, 17 doubles, 62 RBIs. Jacob Barfield as well, 381 average, 10 home runs, 31 RBIs. Donnie Lopez, 390 with 48 hits, 4 home runs, 32 RBIs. Can't leave out Ted Wisdom, 383 with 28 RBIs on the season. On the mound, Brad Sugg, 237 ERA, a 9-0 record, 2 saves, 64 and 2 thirds innings pitch. 10 walks, 59 strikeouts. Steven Yancey, a guy that we talked a lot about this season, 298 ERA, 7-3 record, 66 in a third innings pitch, 22 walks, 66 strikeouts. And then Alex Davis, he's got a 420 ERA with a 3-1 record, but he's been lights out when they need him. 9 saves, 30 innings pitch, 9 walks, 29 strikeouts. It's going to be a fantastic series between Oklahoma City and and Texas Wesleyan down in Fort Worth. Cody, the big one, not the biggest one, but two top five teams playing each other. We've seen number one and number two. Now we get number three and number four, and it just happens to be for the Sun Conference title. It'll be St. Thomas University traveling north to Lakeland, Florida, to take on Southeastern University. Tell us about the Bobcats. It's definitely the biggest one. St. Thomas coming in 43-4 and on the year, 20-1 and in the conference. They're first in the nation in hits, doubles, batting average, and runs. They're fifth in total strikeouts, seventh in opposing batting average, 11 in ERA. These guys can do it all. They're hitting 373 as a team, 154 doubles as a team. That is just remarkable. Nelson Montpierre is hitting 412, 18 doubles, 12 home runs. Jackie Urbays, 424, 20 doubles, 4 home runs. Sergio Lopez, 376, 16 doubles, 11 home runs. And they got some dudes on the mound. Orlando Rodriguez, 67 innings pitch, 200 ERA, 84 strikeouts. Chris Rodriguez, 61 innings pitch, 2.20 ERA, 59 Ks. And then in Exposito, 58 innings pitch, 2.31 ERA. So all three of their starters are sub-2-3 ERA guys. They've been getting it done on the mound. They've been getting it done on the field. One of the best teams in the country. I'm really looking forward to their challenge. It is going to be a great series, and they've got a tall task in front of them. 
Southeastern University is 47-3. and They are 21-0 and in Sun Conference play. A 3.29 team average, 2.94 team ERA, and one of the most surprising stats, they've struck out 495 hitters this season. Players to watch, Dan Valerio, 416, 77 hits, 15 home runs, 71 RBIs. Manuel Mesa, 368, 70 hits, 22 RBIs. Marvin Malone, 367, 13 home runs, 52 RBIs. They'll be just even better if they can get Nick Batari back. 449, 11 home runs, 37 RBIs on the season for Nick Batari. On the mound, Jonathan Bermudez, 111 ERA. He's undefeated, 12 and 0 in 72 and two-thirds innings pitched, 21 walks, 113 strikeouts. Jordan Scott, another guy on the mound, 222 ERA, 10-1 record, 69 innings pitched, 18 walks, 85 strikeouts. And then Eddie Jimenez out of the pen, 0.93 ERA, 2-0 record, just three saves on the season, 19 and a third innings pitched, 7 walks, 27 strikeouts. This is a Southeastern team that can throw the ball hard, they can place their pitches, and they can do a lot of hitting. Yeah, I think these are for sure two of the top four teams in the country. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So I think this prepares you for a conference tournament and a regional. Like You're probably not going to see a team as good as this until you get out to Lewiston. So you really want to put your best foot forward and see what you can do to win this conference right now. Well, guess what? They can play each other this weekend, then they can wait a week, and then play each other again at Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches for the Sun Conference Tournament here in West Palm. I'm excited to have that. Yeah, I mean, like Coach Dinkle said earlier in the podcast, that tournament is like an opening round regional. You have some of the best teams in the entire country. So now let's go ahead with our opinion of the week. Cody, will you kick us off? I will, man. So I don't really have like an opinion, more of just a, explaining on what we're going to do here. So we're starting a Snapchat called NAI Ball X. It's a Snapchat. The goal is to let different teams run the Snapchat. Just take us through what they do, batting practice, locker rooms, game day. Get us ready. We're trying to keep it clean, keep it fun. You know, We don't want it to get too outlandish. We don't want to get anyone in trouble with their coaches or anything like that. But we definitely just want to give fans and players alike a chance to see what it's like to go through game day with St. Thomas or, say, Culver Stockton or a team like that that we have lined up just to you know, get a glimpse in the life of NEIA baseball. I definitely think that's going to be awesome. I think it's a great experience for people around the country to see what other teams go through on their day-to-day basis. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a really good thing that we have moving forward. My opinion of the week is we're getting to my favorite part of the year high intensity high emotion baseball conference tournaments and you may think well conference tournaments they're not opening round tournaments they're just as high emotion because you're going to get a six seed a seven seed an eight seed in there who's going to upset a one seed on the first day of the tournament make a run and then look at that one at large bid is gone because somebody's playing cinderella because every team in that tournament wants that automatic bid, that guarantee they are in the dance. This is going to be some awesome baseball. I'm going to call the entire Sun Conference Tournament at Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches, spring training home to the Nationals and the Astros. It's going to be a wild tournament. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm definitely excited 
for opening round. I think we're going to have an awesome opening round show. I know you and I have been talking about it since we started this podcast. It's just that level of baseball where the emotions and everything goes into every single pitch. It's awesome. I've gotten to be part of some great moments, whether it was Hattiesburg in 2013, Lewiston in 2013, you know, uh, last season, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to make the trip out there with Kaiser, but watching Kaiser uh, clinch in Tennessee. So there's some awesome moments. I know you've seen some wild moments uh, in your time watching opening round games. It's just a different breed of baseball. Yeah, win or go home, man. It's that live or die mentality. I love the NEI opening round. I love the reformat. I love the double elimination tournament. Best team goes to Lewiston. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be an absolutely insane tournament this year. It's going to be great. I mean, I've been on both sides of it. I've had the pure elation of dogpiling, and then I've had the heartbreak of watching somebody else dogpile. It's the best feeling. You throw it all out there on the line. For the seniors, you leave it out there because there's nothing, for a lot of them, there's nothing left after this. This is it. And so I'm excited for that because everybody goes max effort and it's just going to be great baseball. I cannot wait. All hands on deck. I mean, you use everyone you got. It's just you get to see the best lineups every single game. No seven-inning baseball. You know I love that. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm really looking forward to these next couple of weeks. Well, once again, we want to thank the three coaches who joined us on the NAI Ball podcast, Adrian Dinkle, Mike Ross, and Stan Eldridge. Cody, I want to thank you. Before we let you go, any final thoughts on this weekend of baseball coming up? Yeah, I do want to say a huge series, uh, Mayville, Jam- Mayville State at Jamestown in the NSAA. That's a huge series. That could also have conference title implications. It's going to be great no matter what series you're watching this weekend, no matter what series you're playing in. Don't forget, you can talk to me on Twitter at RobG1063, Robbie Gutierrez. We'll go over all of NAI baseball, no matter what team you are. And, of course, follow Cody, the foremost authority for all of your stats, scores, schedules, and news across the country and across NAI Baseball at NAI Ball on Twitter. And until next time, we hope you enjoy the show. We hope you have a great night and an even better tomorrow.